Morning, church. All right. Glad you're awake. Uh, Welcome to our 25th annual Market of Hope. We're so glad you're here. And uh, isn't it awesome to worship together as a family? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) I think it is. Um, My name is Jason. I'm the outreach director here at LBC. And um, if you are new to LBC, we'd love a chance to get to know you. Uh, We'd like to meet you. There's a welcome kiosk that's right outside in the courtyard, up against the wall on the left where the striped umbrella is. So please stop by there. We'd like to get you connected and um, see if you need any prayer for anything. And uh, uh, we've got a little gift out there for you as well to say thanks for coming. So Market of Hope is about supporting our global church family by taking care of uh, the poorest of the poor, the orphans and the widows, just like the Bible instructs us to. Um, It's about using two hands, one hand with a tangible need to give, and then the other hand with the gospel. Uh, It's hard to get the gospel to somebody if they're they're hungry, but that tangible need opens the hearts um, for them to accept. Today, you'll hear from six of our ministry partners, uh, four in person, a couple on video, and that are part of the Market of Hope this year. But before we hear from them, I'd like to go over the logistics of how Market of Hope works for those of you that may not be familiar with it. So most of you received a catalog in the mail, and if you did not, uh, we have catalogs spread all throughout the, the market itself on all the tables in, on the booths there, the cashier booths and in the lobby. And uh, inside that catalog is a shopping list that's tucked in there. Um, In the catalog, you'll see that there's six different partners represented, and each one of those has a list of uh, tangible, mostly tangible needs that that will allow us to support them, to support their ministries uh, while they're doing the work uh, worldwide. So... um, the catalog, and there's also catalogs in the pew pockets in front of you. If you want to take a look at those now, you're welcome to do that. Uh, the catalogs represent those items that help them take care of their people and further the gospel and making disciples. And that's the priority. So it's, it's all about um, making disciples of all nations. And um, keep in mind, there's, there's all kinds of different items in the, in the catalog. There's, you can get a chicken. You can purchase a seminary scholarship, uh, even put money towards a security tower that needs to be built. Uh, so all kinds of different things. So just prayerfully consider what you can, uh, how you can support them. Um, if you see a large ticket item, there's some items in there that are, you know, maybe $10,000. You might not have $10,000, but that's okay. You can actually do partial amounts too. You can get together with family, friends, with a group, with your small groups, and uh, you can work together towards something. So keep that in mind. Um, So here's how we help our global family. First of all, we ask that you would give your normal giving. Um, This is about sacrificial giving. So this is above and beyond your normal giving to the church and your normal tithing. Uh, But it's a blessing to be able to give sacrificially like that. Second, please prayerfully consider how you can support our partners uh, with a gift that can ultimately make an impact for eternity on their souls. 
Um, visit the market in the field. We've got some food and some treats out there that we'd love for you to try and enjoy. It's a fun, festive time, and uh, we encourage you to stop at each of the booths, learn about the different ministries, engage with the ministry partners, those that are that are up here that'll be out there after service, and then those that are working the booths that are volunteers as well. Um, ask questions and pick up a, a sheet. Pastor Dave will talk about it later, that we've got a contact sheet that you can get in contact with our, uh, our ministry partners. So the market's open for a while. Feel free to hang around after services and uh, ask questions. And uh, keep in mind that there's also an online store. You can snap a picture of the QR code on the back of the, uh, the, back of the catalog. There's some QR codes on the signs out there. And then you can also pay cash check. And we have cashiers out in the, uh, out in the market that can take those shopping lists for you too. So now I'd like to welcome our own Pastor Jeff Jackson, who's representing Love Deaf Haiti. And he can share about his ministry. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I am Pastor Jeff Jackson, and I am the pastor of the Deaf Church right here in LBC. And I have been at this church 18 years, and we meet in the C building every Sunday morning. Deaf community comes together to worship God through their own natural sign language, and deaf people groups did you know they're the third most unreached people group in the world, are deaf people? Here, let me get situated here. And I want to say a huge, it's an honor to partner with Laura Glenn Bible Church and Market of Hope and Love Deaf Haiti. It's a trio. We all come together and we partner the purpose of this is that we serve 30 deaf students full-time, 24-7, and all the students live on our facility at the school. We provide food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and we also provide advocacy, education. They learn to read, to write, and they learn sign language so that they can understand the Word of God. And they love to hear about Jesus. It's awesome. Well, really, um, all of our deaf students who arrive to the school, maybe they're five to eight years old, some are even 10, and they come into their school, and guess what? They don't even know their own name. They don't know their age. They don't know their birthday. They have no language. First time for them to come to school and learn sign language through 14 staff members who are deaf. They are the teachers, and they teach them their natural language. And they teach them life skills. And there's a huge transformation because now they know their name. They know how old they are. They know their birth date. And their whole life is changed because of a new language. And what's more, we had 19 deaf students from our school receive Christ last year as their own personal Savior. Can I have a hand, please? This means praise. That's why we're here. That's what excites me. 
And I would like to also add that the country of Haiti right now is in great turmoil. It is a very dark, evil, evil place. There's a lot of voodoo. There is no government infrastructure right now. There is no system. It is demolished. It is horrific. But our deaf, it's been challenging for them, our deaf community. They do struggle with various things. However, your support, your help has kept their lives going. And year after year after year, the deaf community comes to our facility, our school, our church, and their needs are met. And the staff and all the deaf children feel very protected. So we made a huge wall around our school and church, and right there in the middle, they have this bubble around them. They feel comfortable, and that's where they fellowship and interact, and they mature spiritually, educationally, and they have a lot of joy and fellowship, as you can see from this picture. I'm in awe. I want to say to all of you a huge, huge thank you. You have supported us for many years. Now, at this time, I'm going to close and welcome you into the deaf culture and say a small prayer in sign language. But in the deaf culture, we do not close our eyes. You have to keep your eyes open. Hearing culture, you put your head down and close your eyes. But in deaf culture, we keep our eyes wide open. Join me as I close in prayer with your eyes open. Heavenly Father, you are awesome. This morning, as we gather here, we are in awe of you and we praise you. We are full of gratitude for you. Yes, your kingdom is open. The body of believers has gathered to serve you. We see the needs, Father. We feel the burden ourselves in these different countries represented on this stage. So, Lord, I pray that the people in this congregation would open their hearts and minds and they would see the needs and the burden and see where they can be a support and be involved, especially through prayer, finances, maybe meeting the physical needs. I thank you, Father. We love you so, so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I could go on and on and on and tell you more stories. So would you please come to our Haiti booth, come by our booth, and we can talk more. I got lots of pictures, even from yesterday, pictures that we have done, projects, see the lives and the faces of the, the kids that have changed because of your support. God bless you all. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. All right, we're going to let him go because he's heading back over to uh, Deaf Church to go preach over there now. So, um, Pastor Crispin Juma from Africa Theological Seminary, which is part of uh, International Christian Ministries, or ICM, um, could not be here with us this morning. We were expecting him, but uh, for whatever reason, he had a delay getting his, pa or his uh, visa. So unfortunately, he couldn't be here. So we asked him to send us a video uh, to uh, to speak to you all this morning. Now, I will tell you the audio is a little rough. Uh, remember, we have uh, a lot of resources here. 
they don't have a whole lot of resources over there for uh, for things like the extra technology to make things sound perfect. But anyway, just listen the best you can, um, and please turn your attention to the screen, and we'll hear about uh, the ministry in Kenya. My name is Crispin Juma. I'm the principal at Africa Theological Seminary, which is an institution of international Christian ministries. I want to thank God for giving me this opportunity to share what God is doing here in Kenya. We, as an institution, we deal with training church leaders. Many of our students come from the rural areas where their churches cannot support them. So we want to appreciate the support that you have given us so that we can continue training these church leaders. Some of our students of late, we thank God that we have been able to get students from South Sudan and Rwanda. And God is expanding the work that we are doing and all that is happening through your prayers and the support that you are giving us. The widows that you have helped for all these years have been able to transform their families. You have put a smile in many families here in Kenya by supporting a widow and the orphans. You have also put a smile in the pastor's families by helping them get school fees and giving them a cow. So we are happy that God is doing great things here. I want to pray that we continue partnering with you again as we serve the body of Christ and the needy people here in Kenya. We also do children ministry and by supporting a girl to get the feminine products is a great blessing to the little girls as they pursue their studies. We also want to pray that you help us complete the coffee project. The coffee project is a project that will help the community get income. We have gone more than half and we are almost completing and we pray that you continue our praying for that project. We want to thank God that our students are doing a good job. They are the ones who are doing evangelism in the villages. Our students are planting churches and by that we are fulfilling the Great Commission. So supporting them will enable us achieve what God wants us to achieve. We want to thank you as an institution and on behalf of the, on behalf of the communities that we are supporting. I wish you God's blessing this year as we come together for the Market of Hope on Sunday. Thank you very much and may the Lord bless you. So something uh, interesting to know about that is many years ago when LBC first got involved with, uh, with the ministry in Kenya over there, they were an unreached people group and they have uh, grown exponentially. And so their, uh, their greatest focus is training pastors to go and take the gospel and, and they're, they're spreading. They've spread over to, the, to uh, over the border to Uganda as well. So Anyway, next I'd like to invite uh, Bogdan Mehedentu from Romania to share about his ministry. 
Good morning, Galbisi family. Such a privilege for, uh, for me to be today with you on behalf of our Romanian children. Children that, kids that they suffer so much living in orphanages, uh, living without the, their parents' support. Uh, to your generosity, uh, support that, general support that you provided last year, we were able to continue our ministry, providing hope and help in the name of Jesus, providing care to these kids, providing um, to many of them shelters, providing hope for a better future. Uh, currently, we are working in seven orphanages uh, and many poor families. Uh, basically, we are working with around 250 children that most of them, they don't have the chance to live with their parents. Our mission is very hard because we have to talk to them about God, our loving Father, and they are suffering not being with their parents. It's very hard for, uh, for us to help them to understand that the value that they have is not because somebody put them away, is because they are God's creation. It's taking a lot of time until they will understand, and after that you feel that they are precious in God's eyes. Um, this year was very difficult for many, many families, poor families that we are working with. But because of your support provided last year to Market of Hope, we were able to purchase food supplies, cleaning supplies, um, even to pay the utilities. Uh, our goal for this program is to keep the family together, to uh, help these families to keep the, fa the kids in their homes and to not abandon them into Romanian governmental care centers. And we are so happy because of your support, help all these families to keep the, fa the kids together and none of them were end up in orphanages. So praise God and thank you so much. Um, this summer we had an unbelievable time in our summer camp. A summer camp for 50 uh, children. And uh, without the support of uh, LBC and Market of Hope, we weren't able to, uh, to have this camp. We had the privilege to have 10 people from this, coming from this church to join the cause of these orphans. And we were able to uh, offer them a, a wonderful time there. Uh, solid teaching, a lot of fun, but also uh, they feel special during this, uh, this camp. Um, it, it is always such a privilege for us and honor to have teams coming from LBC that bring so much value to, uh, to our ministry, to our kids, to CTL staff in Romania. Um, a year ago, we started a new ministry uh, outside of Bucharest uh, in a small city called Oltenica. Uh, we are working with a group of uh, gypsies, gypsy people, uneducated people, they are, that they are stigmatized by the Romanian society. Uh, it's hard to see kids that they don't have access to the basics. They are living in shacks. They are living in houses that they don't have running water or electricity. It's a very tough situation for them. Most of them, they even don't speak Romanian. 
they are speaking only Gypsy. Imagine how hard it is for this group of kids and families to be integrated in Romanian society without uh, speaking uh, Romanian language. And another fact that shocked us is that uh, the girls at the age of 13, 14, uh, of course, uneducated girls, that uh, if they are virgin, the parents are selling them. And it's a tragedy to see this in a country that uh, is part of the European Union, and they are still doing this. Uh, but because of your support, we were able to share the gospel with them, to touch their hearts, and to help them to, uh, to go to school. We purchased a lot of uh, school supplies and backpacks, and the joy of these kids to have school supplies and backpack to be able to go to kindergarten or school, that's absolutely amazing. It's priceless. None of these were possible without your support. So thank you so much for all your support provided to us. Uh, it's a lot of work to do in a country that believers are not so many. Only 4.6% of Romanians are believers. And in Bucharest, a city of 2.5 million people, only 0.9% are believers. So the need is so big, uh, but are so many kids willing and eager to hear the gospel. So thank you so much for allowing us to, to do this, and we are so blessed to, to call you part of our family. God bless you. Thanks, Bogdan. We're praying that uh, maybe LBC can someday send someone over there to plant a church because there's not a lot of uh, evangelical Christian churches in Romania, so that's a great need. So keep that in mind, you young people that are looking at ministry. Um, now I'd like to welcome Pastor Kieran Paul Batlanki from India, from Baraka Ministries, the Children to Love as well. And um, in India, they, uh, the Christians are suffering severe persecution, so... Um, He's got a lot, a uh, lot to deal with with that. Pastor Karen. Thank you. Greetings and good morning. And thank you for everything that you have been doing to us through Market of Hope for the past many years, enabling us to serve the Lord amongst the poor and the needy. And also, thank you for enabling us to present Jesus Christ in both actions and in truth. I take it a privilege to stand before you on behalf of Baraka Ministries, which is holistic in nature. If I need to explain the various areas of ministries that Baraka is involved, it would take a couple of hours. But just to brief up and give you the flavor of the ministry, I'm here and I'll be available at the booth to inform you and to talk to you. I'm blessed to present and to represent our nation, which has the world's largest population of 1.45 billion and increasing. And only 2% of them 
are Christian, including the Roman Catholics. And it also falls under the extremely persecuting nations in the whole world for Christian believers. In spite of all of that, I take it an immense joy to thank you on behalf of nearly 200 children that are living with us 24 by 7, rescued from various mafias, the street begging, domestic labor, human trafficking, sex trafficking, and the worst of them, the organ harvesting mafias. And these children are like any other children that you have heard of from various nations that CTL works with. That is their plight. That is how they come in, not knowing where they are, who they are, and to whom they belong to. I also thank you on behalf of all the many women, young women, that are rescued from human trafficking and now are learning self-sustaining skills, particularly sewing and handicrafts. And if you can see the booth of India, you see various hangings that are made by those young teenage women and also our children. And also I thank you on behalf of all the hundreds of beneficiaries who are being blessed through various other ministries. And from thousands of kids that attend six-day VBS from morning eight through evening five, during which they are provided with everything that they need besides providing Jesus himself. Dear brothers and sisters, I also thank you on behalf of all the thousands of Christian converts from more than 72 churches in various states of our vast country. As you heard, India falls under the extremely persecuting nations. In spite of all the adversary, adversities that we face, the Lord Jesus Christ is using us to be his hands and feet, to be the salt and light in our communities by catering to the needs of the orphan children, destitute and vulnerable kids who are rescued from the death pangs of various mafias in our nation. We are now not just their caretakers, we are now their father and mother. They are our children. We nurture them both physically, emotionally, psychologically, and provide them with the best possible education because of which we are looking forward to build a school which is in the process of construction and also provide them the best education which we believe and is the truth that education is the pathway out of poverty for most of these children in our communities. And thus, we are enabling them to transform their lives through your support and partnership. The Lord is also enabling us to be his torchbearers, the light in our community, to lead many into the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. Through our various evangelistic ministerial opportunities, he creates to us, and also through the church ministries, because of which tens of new believers are added into these churches around the nation. 
Dear brothers and sisters, you will be finding many items on the catalog, but mostly items number 46 speaks about the nutrition program which we provide to the kids in various slums, tribal areas, most of them being infected by deadly viruses like HIV and others. And these kids are rag pickers that make a little money on what they pick from the streets and they use it for sniffing, alcohol, and for drugs. This nutrition program enables us to go and interact with them one-on-one, -on -one, counsel them, and also to educate them and walk them close to the Lord. And also you see from items 50, 51, 52, and 53, you know water is the basic source of our lives. We are in need of water and utensils which enable our staff to cook food which is provided four times a day to our children in our campuses. That is the source of cooking meals for us. And I wish you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Do the best you can in this ministry. Before I close, MOH had made a great impact in the lives of our children and also in our communities. In the first service, I have mentioned about one girl who came to the BBS, gave her life to the Lord, and through her, the whole family has come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And now, one of her brothers is a co-worker, an associate pastor in our church. And also, the motorcycles that he have provided to our village pastors enable them to go to various villages with the gospel and thus bring many souls back to Christ. Dear brothers, not only this, these children that come into the orphanage as nothing, no identity and no value, have transformed into something. Let me close with the story of one Abiram who came into the orphanage or brought into the orphanage when he was five years old. He completed his high school, junior college, and then did his bachelor's in physiotherapy. Abiram, once who was unidentified, had no value, is now fondly and respectfully called as Dr. Abiram. Thank you very much for this privilege to our children. And thank you once again. And the Lord bless you for all that you do as it is written in Proverbs 19.17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him of his deed. And according to Ruth 1.8, may the Lord reward you for your kindness and as according to Numbers 6.24, the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you very much and here I am on behalf of all the beneficiaries to honor each one of you but it will take ages to do that. But may I take this time and privilege to honor our dear brother Jason, who has been amazingly and successfully conducting this market of hope. By honoring him, I mean I'm honoring each and every saint and member at LBC 
from first service and also in this service and also all the leadership in LBC. Thank you and Brother Jason, please. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I wasn't expecting that, but thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Rachel Uthman is uh, with an association called International Association of Refugees. I see, I still butcher it. It is a mouthful. You're right, Jake. Um, she is originally from LBC, and uh, she couldn't be here with us this morning, but she was kind enough to send Jake Tornga. So we're glad to have him to share about uh, their ministry at IAFR. Uh, good morning, LBC, and, and as I said, I really do bring greetings, and um, thank you from Tim and Rachel Uthman. Rachel speaks so highly of, of being a daughter of this church, being uh, formed in her faith and, and sent, and the partnership, uh, long years of partnership in ministry, so I just want you to know that she sends her greetings and her thanks uh, for everything that this church has done for, for them. Um, again, my name is Jake Tornga, and I work with International Association for Refugees. Uh, it is a mouthful. We, we go by IAFR. Um, and our mission field is the global refugee highway. Everywhere in the world where there is war, violence, and persecution that pushes people and forces people from their homes, from their land, from their communities, and, and forces them out looking for a place of safety and a place of refuge. The Global Refugee Highway is truly global. It touches every country, every continent, and it uh, impacts every tribe, nation, tongue, and creed. War, violence, and persecution is, is on the rise in this world. There are more than 100 million people globally who have been forcibly displaced and are living in exile and are seeking refuge and safety. One of the things we do, one of the core parts of who we are as a ministry and as an organization is, is we exist and, and we want to support the refugee church. You see, everywhere that refugees are going, from every country that they are being pushed out of, God is there. The Holy Spirit is with them and God is raising up pastors and shepherds and church leaders, people to, to walk with those who have been displaced and have lost everything. God is raising up pastors and leaders and churches are being formed the same way that God raised up Moses and Joshua and others in the Old Testament when the Israelites fled slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. You can go to our booth and you can learn more about how we support the refugee church, how we help the, the global church, even this particular church connect with refugee churches and support the work that the churches are doing in refugee camps and in refugee locations around the world. As we end, I just want to share one story of, of impact from the market of hope. A few months ago, I was having a conversation with a close friend of mine who was uh, going through difficult time. And, and amongst that difficult times, he was asking some questions about God. He was asking questions about faith. And, and he said, Jake, how do you know that it's true? How do you know that the Bible and, and that this whole Jesus thing is true? 
And I'd like to say at the moment that my seminary training gave me a really good answer, uh, but it kind of failed me. But a picture came to my mind, a picture of a refugee friend of mine named Emmanuel. You see, back in 2020, the Market of Hope um, invested in little books like this, a biblically-based trauma counseling program that IAFR uh, helped lead a, a train-the-trainers program in the refugee camp in Malawi, and church leaders and pastors and elders and deacons and women's ministry leaders came and they were trained as part of this program. And they went back to their churches and they went into the community and, and one of the people that they encountered was Emmanuel. Emmanuel was a 23-year-old refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo. His entire family had been killed in the war and he fled to Malawi on his own. And he had reached, in his own words, the end of his rope. He even tried to take his own life. But one of the pastors saw him and invited him into this counseling program and gave him one of these books that he took home with him. And he read the chapters and he worked through the lessons. And he says today the words, I am a transformed life. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You can draw a direct line from the market of hope to those books to Emmanuel's life. I can't say that about, about everything. I can't say that about all the giving in the world. I can't say that every single person who went through this training had that kind of an impact, but I can tell you that it changed Emmanuel's life. And when I think about him, when I think about the transformation that he went through, I know that it's true. I know that what the Bible says is real. And I know that a relationship with Jesus changes everything. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jake. Before I introduce our last, uh, before I introduce our last video, um, I want to ask you to consider something. Uh, there's another way that we can support our partners uh, that we haven't talked about really that much yet. Bogdan touched on it earlier, and that's um, that's sending teams to go and support them uh, on a short-term trip. Some of you have heard about our short-term trips. Uh, we had one this past summer to Romania, but um, Pastor Dave's going to talk about the connection and the relationship that we have with them. It's more than just giving resources like money or whatever to buy stuff. Um, this is about connecting with our global family and supporting them even over there. And I know that means sometimes for, for most of us, it's taking a vacation um, so vacation time to do it. But I will tell you, it is such a huge blessing. And if you talk to anybody that's been on a short-term trip, um, I think every one of them would attest to the same, that it is well worth it. And uh, it's uh, a great stewardship of your time. And it's a huge blessing to them and us. You get a blessing as well. It's a side benefit, but we're there to support them. So I encourage you to consider it. We're working on plans for summer teams this next year. So um, the applications will be out pretty soon. We're just trying to flesh out the details. So um, now on that, if you'll turn your attention to the screen, we're going to see from uh, Pastor Wilfred Ragumba in uh, Uganda, uh, also with Children to Love. And um, he as well has been having some issues with this visa like last year. So uh, he wasn't able to come in person. He wishes he could. 
but um, but he sent a video to uh, to tell you about his ministry, and I hope you enjoy it. And we'll look forward to seeing you out in the market after service. Thank you. Greetings, LBC family. Uh, this is Wilfred here in Uganda. My wife and I could not be with you because we are having trouble renewing our U.S. visas. But I want to thank you so much for your continued prayers and support. We continue to rescue and rehabilitate orphans and vulnerable children. And the ministry has grown. We are now serving over 250 children. It's a joy to see how these kids are rescued, rehabilitated, given an education, and how God is transforming their lives. This week, I was at a graduation party of one of these young men, uh, sponsored through our program, and now he's a gynecologist. He also gets, he's going to be serving at our medical center as a gynecologist. So thank you so much for your prayers and support. So on that catalog, every single item you see is really important to us. But I would like to bring out a few items to your attention. Uh, the first thing is building a classroom. A school has grown from 380 students. We are believing God uh, that by next year, by the end of next year, we would have 600 students. This will help us be able to serve more children. And uh, the approach we are using at our school is we are having orphans who are not paying school fees and vulnerable children, but there are people in the community who can't afford to pay. So they are paying school fees. And then that money is helping pay for the operational expenses of the school. Right now, we are at 80% self-sustaining. So by building more classrooms and admitting in more students, it will help us become 100% self-sustaining. So I'm asking you to help us be financially self-sustaining by giving towards building that classroom. And uh, the other item I would like to talk about is uh, college fund. Uh, you know, over the past years, an estimate of one trillion US dollars has been sent to Africa in form of foreign aid. But the situation in Africa seems to be the same or even worse in some countries. What is Africa's problem? I strongly believe that Africa's problem is leadership. And at Mercy, we are committed to raising up a next generation of godly leaders who are passionate about their people, who are passionate about their community, who are not corrupt, who are going to go out and make a difference. So we do this by going to the streets as slums, finding these children, give them a great ed quality education, most importantly, give them Jesus Christ, and then send them out to the world to go and make a difference for Jesus Christ. So for $800 a year, you can send someone to college for a year. So that that can make such a big difference. Another last thing that is happening, the community of Gayaza, where our school is, there's not been a church around. So we had to drive the 250 boarding school kids every Sunday morning, bring them to Masse Church. And that was so hectic. So if you give towards uh, last Sunday, we had an opportunity of starting a church in that community. We put up a tent and started praying. So our kids no longer have to go over. We sent over one of our elders at church. They're now leading that church, Mercy Church Gayaza. So 
we are planning on building a permanent church in that community so you can give towards uh, building Master Church, Master Church Gayaza. It's a church that's going to serve our children at school, but we also started a service that is for the community. Last Sunday, we had a launch service and we had about, about uh, 300 people that came to church and 45 people prayed to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So it's exciting. Uh, we can't wait to see what God is going to do in that community. And I would encourage you to pray and give and come and see what God is doing in this community. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. May God richly bless you. Have a beautiful Sunday. few minutes we have and talk about a subject that um, you might connect with, and I call it the great disconnect, and to the great connection. So, um, exciting morning, go out and see the booths, get to know these people. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of neat things going on in our church when it comes to missions. So, anyways, there's an outline. Grab it. We're going to go through this fairly quick. Um, I was talking to Jason, and he said, he basically volunteered me to share this morning, and a couple weeks ago we were talking about this, and, and uh, we both came up with this concept, the great disconnect. So I want to take you, I'll explain that in a few minutes, I want to take you to Matthew chapter 22. We're going to look at Matthew 22 and a couple other texts real quick this morning, we only have a few minutes, but before we do that, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for these different ministries that are here. I thank you that we're a church that cares about missions, cares about the orphan, cares about the gospel being presented throughout the world. I pray for us that we will become a vital part in that. So guide and direct our few minutes we have together this morning as we look in your word and we are challenged by your word to think about how we can be involved. So guide and direct my words in a way that honors your text and most of all gives you glory. And all God's people said, amen. Matthew 22, 37 through 39, you're all familiar with it, but I want to give you just a brief background. In this text, the Sadducees had went to Jesus to try and trick him and they failed. So now the Pharisees, the ones that have all this education, go, well, we're going to send our guy to stump Jesus. So they sent a lawyer. And here's how Jesus responds. He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the Pharisee didn't know what to do with that answer because he, Jesus just summarized the whole Testament instantly. He says, you have to love God and you have to love other people to be part of His kingdom. 
These two are not separate items. Jesus did not separate them. He said they both have to go together. They cannot be separated. It's impossible to love God without loving people. For the law is all predicated on that. And the measure by which we know if we are truly loving people is if we love them as much as we love ourselves. I want to illustrate it this way as we go down this path called the Great Disconnect. I went on a mission trip to Russia. And I went to, a country, to an area called Kimchatka. That's a mouthful. But if you go up to Alaska and go across the Bering Strait, that is Kimchatka. We get there. We get to our, they have these like apartment hotels. And uh, that's where they placed us. And half our team went to get supplies. And I was with the team to get the rooms ready to figure out how we're going to sleep. And all of a sudden, I get a knock on the door. I open the door, and it's a police officer. But he's more than a police officer. I found out later he's the head of the police department. And he said to me, papers, please. And I went, oh, no. Our other leader in his great wisdom said, I will keep the passports, I'll keep the visas and all these military documents with him. And he's the one that went with the other group. And I'm at the door talking to this Russian. And he keeps saying, papers, please. And I'm thinking, I'm going to a gulag. I've only been here 24 hours and I'm going to a Russian prison prison because I don't have the papers. All of a sudden, I start hearing laughter in the stairwell next to where he's standing. The other leader was good friends with this officer and he put him up to this task. (laughs) After I had a heart attack. Not literally. And so he starts laughing and he gives me a hug. I'm thinking, Ernie is the other leader. And I'm like, this was not funny. But here's what I learned about that situation. Ernie had gotten to know him over the years. They had become friends. Ernie had led him to the Lord. And he wanted to meet these Christians that were willing to come to Russia to share their faith. And he wanted to have a relationship with us. And so he saw Ernie and the other team in the marketplace and says, I want to meet the whole team. And Ernie says, I I got a thing I want to play on Dave. Um, So, But what was so interesting, he understood the gospel. The gospel is about... Loving God and loving people. It's about relationships. But, but something has happened. And that's why I entitled this The Great Disconnect. 
And I've been guilty of it, of it and maybe you have too. We, we hear of Market of Hope and we, we look through the catalog and we go, hey, I'm going to buy a cow for this pastor. And that's as far as we go. But that's not the gospel. The gospel's about you and I getting to know who that person is. So I want to talk about it, but I want to talk to you first about why we don't do that. And I'm not talking about all of us. A lot of us invest and we get to know. We get to know these guys that were up here. The Bible tells us we have a problem. And it's in 2 Timothy 3.2. And in 2 Timothy is about the end of time. He's talking about what people will be like. And listen to this, for you might resonate with it. It says, for people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, ungodly. This verse presents a picture of people who are very self-focused, self-centered, self-consumed. We used to call it the Facebook generation. Now it's called the me generation. These are self-absorbed people who want and needs are the very core of their life. It's all about them. I almost want to grab a phone right now and take a picture of me because that's what this generation's about. Rather than living a selfless life and service to others, they're considering their own self-interest first. And it's because of three things have infiltrated or starting to infiltrate the church. I want to hit them real quick, but I don't want that to be the focus of our message. The first one's individualism, meaning others don't matter. Our society is pushing that. It's all about me, myself, and I, the personal trinity. Individualism is totally consuming our society and is starting to impact the church. Solomon said this, an unfriendly man pursues selfish ends in Proverbs 18. Have you noticed that many people in our society are becoming more and more inconsiderate and rude? It's because of this individualism. The second thing is secularism is infiltrating the church, and that means this, God doesn't matter. And you might be going, wait, wait, this is a church. God does matter. No, the whole point of secularism saying this, you really don't need God. You can do it on your own. That's not the gospel. You can't do it on your own. What's happening in the church is we're starting to act like we don't need the church. Some of us that are older, the church was the sinner of society. Meaning, I would go to church. I would go to church and then I would go to a Sunday school. And guess what I had to do after that? Our family would get with other church members and we'd go and have lunch together. And you know why? Society was shut down on Sundays and you were hungry. You had to go with a group and get some food. Then you came back to church 
Then you went to church on Wednesday night, and the whole thing happened again. The church became the center, and secularism says, no, it shouldn't be the center. You need to be the center. And it's impacted us. Then it leads to the third thing called narcissism. And it's all, everything is about me. Narcissus was a guy who fell in love with his own image. Society totally is focused on those things, saying, you're number one. It starts to impact the church. The Bible teaches the exact opposite. The Bible teaches the exact opposite. It's not about you. So turn in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 4. We're going to go through this fairly quick. And I'm in time... Um, and point number one is true joy comes from a relationship with Christ and caring for others. True joy comes with a relationship with Christ and caring for others. Listen to this. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love. Being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not to only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Understanding this text is all predicated on Philippians 1.6 that says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. God's in the business of transforming us. And one of the things he wants to transform us is to stop being self-focused, but to be other-focused. Paul's not saying this, if you have any encouragement in Christ, or I'm not sure that you do, rather he is saying this, I know that you do. Since you have those abilities, this was a, what we call a rhetorical argument to make a strong point. Since you're a believer in Christ, you have all this. Do it. So interesting, yesterday I went to a funeral for a man that I've known for a long time. And the grandson got up to speak, and he was going to talk about his grandpa, and he said this, the, the last thing my grandpa would want is for me to talk about him. What he would want me to do is talk about Jesus Christ, because he's more important than him. Wow, that was a powerful message. And all those grandkids understood that their grandfather was a humble man. It was an amazing service on this. So Jesus is saying, if, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in His love, any fellowship in the Spirit, any mercy, then do these things. Be like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one spirit. Having one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vanity, but regard others more important than yourself. 
It's about taking care of others. In Matthew 22, he says, love God and love others. That's the gospel. So the main point is, these things are true of believers. He says, do them to make Jesus' joy complete. When you do what Christ tells you to do, guess what? You have true joy. Without a doubt. It's because we're united with Christ. We're members of one body. We have a special bond to one another. And it's due to our relationship with Christ. Our attitude towards one another is very important. Which leads me to point two, true humility practices encouragement. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you not look at only his own interests, but also the interest of others. John Stott said it this way in his book on pride, at every stage of our Christian development, and in every sphere of our Christian discipleship, pride is our greatest enemy and humility is our greatest friend. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, As we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak, be patient with them all. Hebrews 10.24 And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. Let me give you three things on encouragement real quick. Number one, encouragers engage. They build strong relationships. Encouragers engage. Number two, encouragers see potential, not problems. Encouragers see potential, not problems. I'm excited about the next generation. Not because they can fix my phone all the time, but they do. Or my computer, they do. I remember when I first got into the oil business, working in this engineering group, um, the older guys were still doing paper. You remember that? They would draw things. And, and they kept going, how do you do all that on a computer? And they said, well, what you, wow, we got to do what you're doing. And then I thought, man, the older I'm getting, guess what? These younger guys are doing stuff that I'm blown away. We need to be encouragers. We need to look at potential and go, wow, how do we believe in the next generation? We need to encourage these groups. How do we believe in them? I'll get to that in a second. Encouragers care more about people than notoriety. They care more about people than fame. You know, you have 168 hours in a week to focus in on other people, not yourself. Give yourself away. It will radically change your life. You know, we can't take any of it with us. <laughs> Give it away. 
Watch what God does. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, the great disconnect is this. Love God and love others. And the problem is we are starting to not love others. That's the disconnect. The great connection is love God and love others. Every person you encounter, you're like, you should be thinking, how can I encourage them? How can I help them? What can I do? So I want to give you five things about Market of Hope and about what we're doing, but there are also things you can do for, the, for your life. Actually, I'm going to give you six because, you know, pastors, we've got to add. We just keep adding. Be generous in your giving. Now, it's always above your normal giving. That's a biblical principle. But be generous. Second thing is, is a little different. In the past, we said, look through this, figure out something you want to connect with. I want to add something to that. And that's where Jason and I had a really long talk. And we both thought, yeah, this is right. Connect with the missionary by contacting them. You know, give, give and find out what happened to that. Like if you bought a cow and it's helping a pastor go through seminary, maybe you better find out about who that pastor is and write him a note and say, I'm praying for you. What other needs do you have? Connect. Connect with the organization. You know, ICM or CTL or any of these organizations, connect with them and say, man, I'm praying for you. How are you doing? Let me give you an example of that. Some of you know we've been working on a trip to go to Israel. And the person that set this up with, with us lives here, but his family lives in Jerusalem. And he called me. We're just going through some of the details. And I said, man, how are you doing? And how can I pray for you? You know what he said? That's what I need. Well, that night we had an elder meeting, and guess what? We prayed for him as a group because we care. It's a relationship. We prayed. We don't have the answers. I mean, the world's going crazy. But we prayed. He wrote me a nice note back saying, thank you for praying. Get to know these groups. Get to know the people you're investing in. Number three, pray specifically for them. You know, oftentimes, I think on our daily commute, God has blessed us at these intersections with red lights. And it's not time for you to get on your phone. It's time for you to talk to Jesus. And you know what's nice about it? When you're praying, you can pray out loud because people think you're on a phone. You are on a phone. You're just talking to God. Take that time and say, Lord, I'm praying for this person I'm helping. I pray that they grow in their knowledge of you. Pray. Take that time. We have a lot of time in our day that we do some dumb things. So I'm saying just change it up. Number three, and number four, I'm sorry. Encourage your family and friends to care for that missionary. You're praying for somebody and you're praying for whoever it might be. Encourage your family to be involved in it. We've been supporting a 
a young man in a mission organization since the age of four. He's now in college. And we pray for him and we communicate with him. And he's in Africa. He was an abandoned kid. Number five, find out about their realistic needs. So if you go out to these booths and you get to know these people and you find out what's going on, say, what other needs do you have? And write them down. See if you can help. It's amazing when you find out the realistic needs. Most of the time you can help. Number six, I just need you to write this down. Write down the word gospel. Everything, all these groups here, every person that talked this morning, what they're doing is they want all these people to know Jesus. Not only do they want them to know the felt need, meaning here's some food, they want to take care of the spiritual need. They need to know Jesus. And that's what's important. Now I started with Matthew 22. This lawyer confronts Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. That means your whole being. And then love others the same. You know, the lawyer walked away. And it's in verse 43. And he walks away and he says, I can't question Jesus anymore. You'd think by now, this is, you know, majority of the way through the book of Matthew, do you think they would have figured out, you can't debate with God. You're not going to win. But it's interesting, the lawyer says, I just cannot question him again. He was impacted because the message was true. You and I need to love God with every bit of our being. And we have to love others and make them more important than ourselves. And it's a challenge when a society says, love yourself. It's a great challenge. So I want you to think about that. Think about how you can connect. So I asked Jason when we were working on the Market of Hope, and these are at every booth. Every missionary here and all the ones that didn't make it, we have their emails. We have ways for you to contact them. Contact them. Grab one of these doesn't matter what you do. If you buy five chickens, go, okay, what did you guys do with those five chickens? Whose life was impacted? Maybe you just write them an encouraging note and say, I'm praying for you. I care. They would love it. Oftentimes, they don't get that. You know what they get? They oftentimes get complaint notes. It's, you know, it's sort of like pastors. Pastors get complaint notes. Rarely do they get encouragement notes. The reality is we're supposed to be called to be encouragers. Find out how you can encourage and believe in Him. That's my challenge. Let me pray and you can get out there to these booths. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Lord, I thank You that Jesus really puts it in perspective. We are supposed to love You with everything. Everything we have, all our abilities and all our talents. And then we are supposed to love other people. And other people are supposed to be more important than ourselves. And it's this great challenge you've given us to be humble. To be humble servants that love you. I pray that we do it well. And we, I pray that we give you the glory for allowing us to be a part of your family 
and to use everything you've given us for your glory, not ours. And we give you the praise for it. In your precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.